PulpMX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. What is up, everybody? Welcome in. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC dot com Kiefer Tested Podcast. Presented by FXR Racing and Racetech. You guys want to go do some shopping, go to RockyMountAntVMC.com, but click on KieferIncTesting.com first, and then you go to that little RMATVMC banner on my homepage, and then continue to live your life because Rocky Mountain ATVMC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATV and the street bikes, Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bones. It's easy to see why you guys should be shopping over there right now. Just like I said, go to Kiefer Inc. and then go do your shopping at rmatvmc.com. Thank you, guys. Of course, this is the show about uh, some FXR racing gear, um, how to develop gear, what the process is, um, do sometimes um, manufacturers collab together so many different things in this podcast that i get with carson sovia from fxr racing but if you want a discount code over at fxrracing.com kkmx35 will save you 30 percent great brand great gear great company and big things coming from fxr racing so check them out and last but not least racetech racetech.com go get your suspension oil bushings you know, seals, whatever you need for your suspension on your bike. Go to racetech.com. Email me, chris, at keyforinktesting.com. I'll get you a discount code and how to use it. Uh, pretty simple. And save some money. Get a better ride over at racetech.com. So, uh, yeah, just like I mentioned earlier, this show is all about um, some gear. You guys know I'm a sucker for gear. So I called up my uh, my guy, Carson Soviak at FXR Racing, he is the lead motocross developer slash designer over there up in Canada. And uh, we just go over some things on how gear's developed, um, what's the process from R&D to production. There's a lot of things that go on, and I've, and I've had a hand in this lately just because I've been dealing with my own gear that's coming out here in a couple months. So uh, I thought it would be interesting for you guys to listen to what it's like uh, from the start process, development, and design to... To see it through fruition, I guess you would say. Um, just to see what it's like from start to end, and you guys are wearing it in production. And FXR has come a long way because in this episode, I even say, man, like it wasn't great gear back in the day. And I think a lot of companies can say that. Like Fly, I remember wearing Fly, and I'm like, that's horrible, and it got better. So uh, same thing with FXR. Um, a lot has to do with the guys over there that are working there. Milt, the owner, he is a rider himself. And I just thought, while I'm down, I can't ride, I'm being a bitch, why not call some people up for the next couple weeks and do some interviews um, and some processes. So we're going to do that here the next couple weeks because I'm basically SOL on a dirt bike. Um, So it's going to be a little bit different for a couple weeks. We'll be back with testing and other things here shortly. But as always, you can go to keyforinktesting.com. There is plenty of backlog tests that I haven't written that are getting written right now that are going up there. So lots of new things going up on my website, as well as pulpmx.com. And no, we didn't forget about racerxonline.com. There's still going to be plenty of content up there as well. We got some videos, garage builds, special VET YZ250F build that will be up as well. So lots of things going on, even though I am down. Might be a little bit different for a little while, but hey, why not try some new stuff while I can't ride? Uh, next week, I'm going to go try to qualify Loretta Lynn, so hopefully we'll have some content out of that. And and then I'm having surgery, so uh, going to clean up the meniscus of the knee and get back to it, get you guys uh, back down to the normal scheduled radio programming that you expect here on the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Oh, and don't forget, 
I mentioned this last week, a new coffee with the Kiefer's. It might be cocktails with the Kiefer's, so stay tuned for that. Man, there's so many things coming down the pipeline, even though my gimpy, depressed ass is moping around the house. So here you go, Carson Soviak from FXRRacing.com. Hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, guys and gals, we're back with another show. Thank you guys for joining us. And, of course, as always, support our advertisers that support this show because you know what? They keep this show up and moving, gets more content out there, stays afloat, you know, especially right now. I'm moody. I'm injured. Uh, I feel sorry for my wife. So you guys supporting these advertisers that are on this show helps me lower my blood pressure a little bit and actually helps my household out more. So gives less headaches to Heather. So with this episode, I want to do something a little different. As you know, I mostly ride a lot. I don't really have a lot of guests within this show. This is not like Steve's show, but I thought something, uh, since I'm injured and I can't really ride yet, I thought I would bring Carson Soviak. He is the lead motocross developer at FXR Racing. I'm always interested in gear. You guys know this. I brought Carson in. Carson, how you doing? Hey, not too bad, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Carson might be a little bit nervous. I don't think. I think this is his first real big interview that you've done, right? Yeah, more or less. I usually try to stay out of the spotlight if mostly I can. <laughs> You're the guy behind the guy. Kind or, of. Yeah. Or are you be? Are you the guy behind the guy behind the guy behind the guy? That's probably about right. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. Um. So Carson, I've I've known Carson for a you know. What since two thousand and fifteen, maybe? Yeah, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, so I went up there and did some uh, races for MX one hundred and one. Got to know Carson a little bit. Obviously, Andy White. He works for FXR, and he has been a been a part of my freaking life pretty much since two thousand five. And uh, I've had a relationship with FXR since around then. Um, met Carson not too long after. Um, being with the MX101 guys, and what's funny, Carson, before we get into your background and everything, but when I first started wearing FXR here, when I came back, I think in 2012, uh, no one even knew what I was wearing. Crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, it was pretty pretty far out of the reach of some people didn't really know who we were. They thought we were just some kind of snowmobile company. If you did know us from the northern states or in Canada, that's for sure. But yeah, like people are like, "Oh, what's FXR? Is that like a Fox thing?" And I'm like, "No, man, it's uh, it's FXR. It's Canadian." So a lot of these guys down, especially in California, don't know the snow brands. And um, we can talk about more about the brand later. But tell us how you got involved. Basically, where you are? Did you go to school to do? this job or you just kind of fell in because you rode dirt bikes or what? Um, I've always been in the power sport industry. I've been into it now for 20 plus years. Uh, I worked at some local dealerships uh, back and forth over the last couple of years. Um, and Milt, the owner of FXR, is an avid rider. does a lot of testing for us. So we'd see Milt quite a bit at the tracks, at the local tracks, just doing testing and pounding motos and things like that. And man, when I was younger, even trying to keep up to Milt was tough. Like, Milt would be out there riding. I'd go out, you know, put some, put a 15, 20 minute moto in, and he's still out there. And I'm like, oh my God, I pull off, have some water, and he's still out there. Really? I go out for my second moto, and Milt hasn't even pulled off yet. So it was kind of cool to, to see Milt be able to do that. And uh, we just started talking one day, and he actually was bringing some bikes into a dealership that I was working at, and we just kind of kept talking from there. And yeah, before I knew it, I was working for FXR. So I didn't know how it all happened. I didn't know Milt was that, like, bad of a dude on a bike back in the day. I mean, he's still bad. <laughs> That's for sure. He's still a bad dude on a bike. But uh, definitely back then it was a bit of a shocker to me because I was still pretty young and thinking that I could, you know, keep this old guy under wraps. But it was it was tough for sure. He's, so, uh, he's a fast kind of bike. So he invited you in or? Yeah, he just told me to come down take a look at, uh, you know, the facility, the office, check everything out. And that was actually when they just moved into their newer, our newer office that we're still in now. Um, and, yeah, I, I liked it. I thought everything was cool and really started working more on the development of snow back okay. then. Um, moto was still almost, you could call it, just as a, a smaller hobby for Milt. It was just a, a fun thing, that, and that's where his passion was, was in moto. But it was just a side thing because it was mostly for him. His focus was on snow at that point. Huh. Um, so 
I worked with him a lot on, you know, developing stuff with snow from, you know, face masks to helmets to gloves to to whatever. And then it slowly evolved into doing more moto and we kept getting more and more involved with that and seeing where we could go with it. And, you know, and then Andy, Andy White, as the speaker, came on board and Andy and I just started pushing it a lot harder. And that's when I basically met you and kind of where we ended up today. So back then was... There was there a lot of snow competitors with FXR. Or was FXR kind of the the pioneer of all of this? Um, there, there's there's a few, and there still is a few out there, definitely. Um, but FXR is you know really grown in the in the snow market to be you know basically one of the number one brands. That's for sure. Um, yeah, they're they're basically still just a couple, but not as many as it used to be. That's for sure. Yeah, because I I didn't even know like. When I first started with with FXR, like how big they were in snow, and then when I uh, actually met some people that back east that did both, they're like, "Oh yeah, man, FXR is like." And I don't know if this is disrespectful, but like, FXR was like the fox of snowmobiling or any kind of snow gear. Like you know how big fox is here. So I was like, "Holy shit!" I never even knew that. And then once I got to know Andy and and you a little bit more, I I kind of figured like, "Oh okay." This motocross side is a little bit new, and we're going to have to work on a few things. Because let's face it, Carson, and and I think we can speak freely. And if Milt was on here, he would say like, the gear wasn't awesome. What when I first started wearing it? Yeah, um, for sure. We we like I said, we came a long way. Um, like I said, it was mostly just a, a fun hobby for Milt to do. He was making gear for himself uh, for some of the local guys down here to ride and. And that was really about it. It wasn't really, a, you know, per se, a, a business side for him. It was just a fun hobby to make some gear. He knew what he wanted. You know, like I said, he was riding lots. He knew he knew what he liked and what he wanted. And, you know, he was building that slowly, doing that. But it was, even in the office, a lot of, you know, most of us knew that it was just, Moto was just a side gig for us. It wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't where, you know, our bread and butter was, that's for sure. So, so fast forward to now. Where, how much moto to snow are we looking at? Like, I guess I don't want to say, I don't want to talk about your profit, but like, how much has it grown on the moto side? Well, I mean, we've grown a lot, that's for sure. I mean, we're still probably, you know, 80% snow right now. Really? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's it's quite high for us, that's for sure. We're, We're still just very, very small dipping into moto right now, definitely. I brought you on because me and you have worked together. We, we got my gear coming out late July, um, maybe early August, right? Yeah, it'll be probably late, <laughs> late July, early August. You're both right on that. So I've, I've worked in R&D. I've, when, before I was with FXR, I did some stuff with Fly and helped with some things, and I've, I've helped with Liat Boot, and I've been a, a part of the process here and there on, on different companies. But uh, getting to see and, and having these teams meetings with you via um on video chat and going through the process of building a set of gear is pretty interesting to me like there's a lot of materials a lot of things that you want to stretch that you don't want to stretch that you need to be tough that you can lighten up a little bit and there's a lot of intricacies i think people don't really know how involved it is you know you're not just slapping some panels together and some leather in the knee and say hey go ride there's there's a lot involved so for the guys listening to this, and most of the people that listen to the show, Carson, are, are like are like me and you. Like they like to tinker, they they play with things. So, give those guys a rundown on how you build or come up with a with a pant and to see it through. And now that pant is on the rider in production. So, give us that process. Um, it would start mostly, obviously, with design. That's kind of one of the first things. Um, Obviously, you know, aspect of what are we, what kind of materials we're going to use, what is the, you know, actual pant block going to be, the pant chassis. Uh, obviously, we talk about price, price point, where are we going to be. Um, and then from there, we'll start working towards making like a 2D design. Um, that was a couple of years ago. Now we're starting to use some, you know, more modern programs where we're into like 3D modeling, and which actually comes a lot faster now, um, which is a big thing for us is we can pound out 3ds pretty fast to, to see how the patterns line up how everything how the seams are 
everything on the actual 3D model instead of looking at like a flat file. Um, even for you, when I send you stuff and I send you on 3Ds, you can probably get a, a way better idea a lot quicker of what it looks like. Right. You know, um, from there, uh, and then it goes into a bit more of a sampling side of things. In the last couple of years now, we have a really big in-house sampling department. Um, we started off with like one to two people. Now we're over eight people in the sampling room here, um, right at the head office. So that really helps us speed up the process as well. We can basically come down into the basement here, um, take up, let's say, a pant that we have already, we can cut it up, we can re-sew it however we want, add panels in or, you know, add more pre-curve, take out pre-curve, change the rise, that kind of thing really fast. And then we can walk out to our track, which is, you know, 15, 20 minutes from our office and be on the, on the track the same day. So that really helps us narrow things down before we actually have to take it to our spec team and then to our factories at a later date. Huh. You know, because before without that sampling department, you're looking at taking something to a factory and it could take a month or two before you even see a sample in your hand. Right. right? So those are just things that uh, do help us speed up the process. And then riding, I mean, that's why we have, you know, you is to put hours on stuff to, to see how it fits. Where does it pull? Where, where, is, where is it too tight? Where is it too loose? Those kind of things. So it's, uh, once, we, once we got that nailed down, we take it to our spec team. We have a great group of people on our spec team. They work really closely with our factories. Uh, and myself, I'm kind of in the middle of the spec team in the factory. Okay. They build out the, the actual specs for it, all the materials, that kind of thing. And then, obviously, this is, if we're talking pre-design, you know, there's really no not too many designs yet that are involved. Those are kind of coming at the same time. Right. Um, as, you know, as that block, now our designers can work on, on designs as well that will, that will fit, the, fit the needs for that product. And then the, the factory will work on getting us an actual sample because, I mean, the, the sample still in our sample room from here in head office to what's actually coming out of the factory is still a little bit different. So we want to make sure that what the actual customer is going to have is a little bit different than what you and I are, are wearing on a daily basis too. So The thing that amazes me, and maybe you, you know about this, is when, let's say FXR, Thor, Fox, um, Alpine Stars, uh, dude, like, I feel like you almost, all you guys share information because the colorways are similar. Some of the, even the designs that I've seen with different, you know, companies, they look similar. There is, there's some play, and I've, and I've talked to other designers at like Fox and I think it was, I want to say it was at, uh, Answer Racing back in the day, but they will do, they will go to some like fashion, sh- I mean, maybe not fashion shows, but like f- Places where they know, hey, this color, this colorway is coming up. This colorway is going to be more popular. Is there something that you guys do that say, hey, man, this we're going to try this color. We think it's going to work and it's going to sell. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's textile uh, conventions. Well, now that's COVID, what it is, right? Yeah, they're not they're not going on, but there's lots of textile shows and you know all over the world that you can go to and. You know, we, we either we have people that go, or some of our team members would go to those shows. Uh, you know, to pick up ideas. It's a lot of different things. I mean, you can pick up ideas anywhere. You know, at a go walk into a sporting goods place and look at runners and, and what are they doing, or a grocery store. I mean, anywhere you can pick up different ideas. You know, um, so that's kind of the key thing is with the right designers and the right people to be able to to key in on, on new colorways and things like that, it takes the right person definitely to be able to do that. And you can probably see that yourself being in the industry of certain people or, or certain companies that, that come and go with, with colors, you know? Yeah, like, it's weird. Like, I think cyan was a big color at one time or even, like, this the aqua, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like the fly came out with, with aqua, uh, fox. It's like how, it's just weird to me, like, they came out with that same exact color and at the same year. Yeah, I mean, it's simple. You can go to Google nowadays and you can Google in the, the top colors for, you know, 2021 and, and you, you get them right there. It's pretty, it's pretty simple, on, you know, those kind of things. But it's to see what's ahead. When we're designing, you know, two years ahead, how do you know what that color is going to be? Is aqua still going to be... Uh, a color that, that people want, you know, or is it mint or is it pink or, is you know, you have no idea, right? Right. 
Yeah, it was it's really strange to me. Like I we I was working at Dirt Rider and we'd get these boxes and um it it would be almost identical gear from Thor and Fox. I'm like, that's just so weird to me. But uh, it, the colors have evolved over time. I'm starting to see. We went through a solid phase, Carson, for a while, which I like. I like a solid colorway. And then we went through a lot of different shapes and patterns and, and, and colors. And I feel like, um, and, and you'll know more about this than me, but I feel like the more clean colorways are starting to um, come back again. Like more of these companies are using those clean, solid colorways um, in their lineup versus, you know, they're only having one or two loud designs. Yes and no. Um Maybe on a rider support level that we're seeing more, um, people want to stay a little bit more clean. Uh, maybe those are the guys that are watching more of the riders on, you know, Supercross and things like that. Um, sometimes a dealer level will actually go into more of the, you know, cool colors, more artistic designs, because they feel that, you know, that's gravitating the customer in of, of those, you know, those cool Aztec colors and, you know, things like that as well. So. Some of the dealers won't want to just go the plain Jane, the red, the black, the white, because they, they've had those over the years. They want something that's new and flashy on the shelf. Right. So we kind of see it from both sides, right? But you kind of got to have them, you know, as you know, other gear companies have the same thing. They have those cool, cool poppy colors, um, you know, designs, patterns, and then they have the, you know, the more solid solidness as well. So is there one thing that have both? Is there one thing that stands out in your mind, like you've helped design and you thought it was going to be great, or and it could be a colorway, it could be something that you come up with yourself that you thought was going to be a really good product and it just shit the bed? <laughs> Do I want to admit that? Maybe not. I mean, everyone, you got to have one. Um, not really. Um, the one that nothing really comes to mind, to be honest, uh, that I know that I really pushed. Um, I know slate is one color that I really wanted to see go forward, and we, we have done it now. Slate? It's in our line coming out. Slate, yeah. Okay. Um, and it's, it's booking okay for 2022, but I would have thought maybe it would have done a little bit better, but huh. we'll see. We'll so, see once uh, it actually gets released and, and comes out. But. So slate is more like a gray type then, right? A little bit. It's got a, a, bluey, a bluey hue to it. Hmm. That's, yeah, because... On my new van that I just purchased, because this is what happens, Carson, when I get hurt, I buy shit. Um, so I bought a new Sprinter van. It was slate gray. That's what it was. Okay. Okay. So maybe that maybe you're right. Maybe you're onto something. Now they got these vans that have slate. Now we're gonna put some gear in. I can, I can match my van. I can come out of my van with well, the same color. <laughs> it's kind of like Carson. When, yeah, when you uh, when you have a pet and then you start looking like your pet over time. Well, they say that the pets turn into their owners, that's for sure. That's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, get too many complaints with your white van going by the schools, or, or you have to get rid of it? Well, no. Well, here, here's the problem. When you drive by my house, there's just all white cars. Like, every oh. every car is white. So I'm just like, I got to mix it up, you know, because here in the desert, you have black. It looks like dog shit in two days, right, because it's dust. So... Uh, I thought yeah, it would be something different. You know, I, could, I sold my current white van. I'll get a, a, a new van, and all they had was um, a couple colors because, obviously, COVID has done a number on everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, so slate gray. That's that's what I got. Cool. Well, see, there you go. See, I told you. It's a decent color. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about this for a little bit. This, this brought up something that I, when I mentioned it, COVID. Um, what, what, it, what it's done to FXR and – our sport and the business. Dude, you guys can't keep gear in stock. You're selling the shit out of it. Yeah, I mean, we're not the only ones. It sounds like it's everyone in the, the power sport industry, that's for sure. I mean, if it's or even outdoor, I would say, if it's a bicycle or ATVs, you know, dirt bikes, anything. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's really crazy. It's basically the unknown. We didn't know where it was going to go. And, it's, you know, fortunately, it's worked out really good for us. Um, you know, I think anybody in the power sport industry, that's for sure. So let's just kill some emails right now because I know I'm going to get these emails after this podcast. Are we back in stock? Is the LE stuff in stock? Do we have it? Because I'm getting, where's my gear? I ordered it in, you know, March. Are we on track? Do we have it? Are the ships here? Are the containers here? What's going on? 
Um, our container, it's it's a real thing, and we keep getting emails as well as you do uh, daily on this. And we have some customers that are phoning, our, you know, our poor girls that have to answer the phones <laughs> and work in that department. I feel sorry for them on some days. Um, it's a real thing with the containers being being backlogged, um, and that's the biggest thing. It has left the, the factories. It's not in the factories. It's on a ship somewhere floating in the ocean and that's what takes the time to come for sure right um, and then once it once it hits the port there's 20 ships lined up at the port and they all have 60,000 containers on them and it just it's just another week another week another week goes by so we're back right now um, the containers are supposed to show up uh, I think right now June 25th so okay a couple more weeks yet before that stuff comes in so um, 22 gear when is that st- um, slated to come out and get released? Um, shortly, actually, we're going to, uh, be announcing that in the next couple of months here. It, it will be, some of it will be probably coming out a little bit earlier than it has in the past couple of years. So mm-hmm. that's something to look forward to. Um, we'll be doing multi-line drops as of right now. I think that's how that's going to work. So, uh, soon to be. So that's July-ish, August? We'll say July-ish right now. Yeah. Okay. That's, that is pretty early for gear because usually you don't see any kind of new gear. And new gear is obviously a little bit later than than dirt bikes because dirt bikes start, I mean, 22s are here. I'm supposed to ride those here in, in June, right? Um, yeah. But yeah. gear is usually like September usually, correct? Well, usually, yeah. I mean, we'll be dropping it down. You're going to start seeing it on some riders and the Nationals and stuff in July and that. So it's it's coming. Definitely uh, won't, be, won't be too far behind. So Let's talk about how to please... This is this is a tough one, Carson. All right, I'm, I'm going to drop this on it. I didn't pre-warn you about this question, but I'm I'm going to hit you with it. You're a tall dude, right? Six three. Six three, yeah. I'm five eleven, six foot. How do you guys figure out? Okay, you got to get a jersey um, on a five eight dude, and then you got to have a jersey and pant that fits a six three guy. Like, how do you guys figure that out? That's amazing to me. Well, I guess you kind of know a little bit of the answer to that, that how many years you've been telling me that our journey is too long. Dude, I was literally, like, here's, this is no bullshit, people. Like, I know Carson, I can bust his balls. Like, I was, when I, back in the day, I'd wear an FXR jersey, and literally I would have an inch, maybe more, by my, my wrist. I'm like, dude, is this built for Carson? Like, what is going on? So, uh, but it's evolved, obviously, over time, and it's much better. So how did you guys get to that point? Just from that, or just other people telling you, or you're just saying, hey, we got to switch the measurements up? Well, we have some riders here, like, you know, Milt himself, he's quite a bit shorter than, than I am. Uh, we have a bunch of test riders here that were kind of all different heights. Um, myself and the senior designer, Matt, he's, uh, he's a, me and him are probably the tallest guys. And then it kind of starts dipping down from there. So we do have a whole bunch of people that are different heights, different weights, different statures. So it kind of does work well for us. What we have right in house, we don't even have to, you know, go find anybody to try something on. Right. Um, but yeah, just over time. I mean, I look back a couple of years in our closet of stuff that, oh my God, it was baggy in the thighs or really long in the thigh. And I mean, there's still some gear out there that you see from people that are wearing from different companies that are still baggy. Right. You know, um, so yeah, it's just kind of developed over time and, and us testing and figuring where we can get a little bit, you know, where we can take material away and make it, you know, fit better and more of an athletic fit, not just a, a baggy, a baggier fit, let's just say, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then testing yourself, Chris, you probably know, um, running a, a tighter fit pant is how much better it feels on, on the bike and how much more positive contact you have on the bike. Yeah, I try to tell guys this because I get these bigger dudes say, hey, man, I'm a size 38. I don't want to be wearing, you know, chick shit. You know, I don't want to wear tight stuff. And I'm, I'm trying to tell them, like, hey, man, it's not like it's super tight and restrictive. It, it's it's form-fitting, athletic, like you guys call it. But it has a lot of stretch to it, and it feels nice when you ride. I don't have all this excess material blown in the breeze. Or to me, I'm a little bit cooler when it's closer to my skin for whatever reason. How do you feel about, you know, you guys' sizing athletic fit gear? Like, helium gear is more an athletic fit, and you guys go up to a size 38. How do you feel about that, like bigger dudes wearing it? I mean, we haven't had that many complaints. Like, most people are, know that when they buy our helium stuff, it is the tightest fitting, you know, gear that we make. Um, a lot of people kind of gravitate to our Revo. It's kind of been our, 
staple piece the last couple of years, and it's just a little bit bigger, a little bit more relaxed fit. It's still, we call it an athletic fit. It's not baggy by any means, but it just gives that customer that has a little bit bigger thighs, you know, a little bit bigger hip, a little bit more room, you know, right. uh, while, they, while they ride, and it's not as tight. And podium, you guys go down to the podium gear, and that gets a little bit looser fitting as well? Yeah, correct. It's a little bit longer in the thigh, a little bit more room in the knee. You know, it's just kind of going back to that little bit older fit we had a couple of years ago. Yeah. Right now. And we're working on that. You know, we're going to update the the heli- or sorry, the podium and make that a little bit better as well um, over time. But we do you do have to leave it a little bit looser. We can't just make everything really tight just for just for you, Chris. It just doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> I know. I know. I was I was the one complaining. I got to have tighter. It's got to be tighter. It's got to be tighter. And you're like, dude. I don't know how much tighter you're going to get. Like, you won't be able to move. <laughs> well, and and we get some complaints. Uh, obviously, knee brace companies out there, you know, uh, some are bigger, bigger. And if guys are, do have a bigger leg already and they're trying to fit a big brace in there, it can be can be a little tight. Um, right. So you do got to be careful with that as well. The helium, you got to kind of work that pants up onto the knee brace. It just doesn't, you know, it just doesn't slide up. You can't just jump into the pants, right? Right. Um, you know, one one mistake that guys make too is they need to adjust the knee. Um, when they put the pants on, they kind of just leave it where it is, but you actually have to grab it on either side of your knee brace or knee pad or whatever you're wearing and adjust it so that contact area of the leather is in the right spot. You know? That's a great point. You'd be surprised. I've learned this having my business. You'd be surprised how many people don't know how to do certain things that we take for granted, like like you said, adjusting your knee area for your knee brace. like. It, it just is not going to fall on, you know, it's just like, Hey, it's, I'm putting these pants on. Boom. It's supposed to be where it's be. You you got to like adjust yourself a little bit, right? You'd be, you'd be surprised. You know, I've been to some, uh, some, we'll call it pro races where the pros are at and they don't even put their pants on properly. You know, oh. <laughs> it does happen, right? So. Dude. Hey, it's pro. Some of these pros are some of the dumbest people I've met. I'm not going to lie. Like you're like, I can't believe you can process everything that there is to process in your brain to ride dirt bikes because there's a lot of things going on when you're riding. And then you're such an idiot when you get off the bike. Like, oh, It's like you used all your brain power to ride a dirt bike. It's insane. Somewhat, yeah. I, I, feel, yeah, like, I feel like my kid's a little bit like that. <laughs> I feel like Hayden is a little bit like that. <laughs> Some of the shit he does, I'm like, what are you doing? How are you? Ugh, idiot. Yeah, maybe he'll be a fast pro. He'll bring the keepers up, oh, up the ranks. I just want him to be a good dude, Carson. That's all I want. Well, he um, might be able to qualify in a couple of years, and he'll show you show you how it's done. Yeah, he's probably yeah. He show me how it's done when I'm done with his knee too. That's what he's claiming. So we'll see. Sorry to interrupt this riveting interview. So we're gonna hit some commercials right now, and stay tuned. We'll be back with Carson and more gear talk. All-American Chevrolet in Colleen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper 8 and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front-end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. ScreenPrintingDone.com T-shirts! Get your sassy T-shirts! Yeah! Good morning. We didn't catch your name last night. ScreenPrintingDone.com I'm not supposed to be within 200 feet of a Chuck E. Cheese. I need that shirt. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com Let's get into this T-shirt. It's a cute top. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com That does sound awesome. I see things no one should ever see. I got a pretty dope sense of humor, bro. (laughs) ScreenPrintingDone.com You an older dude looking to race some races, maybe looking to do some longer motos? OregonOldTimers.com is coming out with a new 2021 schedule. We will have that up on the new shows in January, so check them out. OregonOldTimers.com. Any questions about going to the Old Timers Association, hit me up, Chris, at KeeferInkTesting.com, and I'll help you out. See you guys at the races next year. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? Bloodlubricants.com, 1040 Pro Series Synthetic Oil. If you guys haven't run Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at Blood Lubricants, info at bloodlubricants.com. 
Mention the code Kiefer, get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great. Keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F every 10 hours. Now I can go 15 hours. So great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save yourself some money. Email me, chris at keferinktesting.com. If you have any questions about the oil, I'm happy to help. You got a new bike? Hell, you got an old bike? Go to ride-engineering.com. You can use the code KT25 to get 25% off. If you're looking for anything chassis-related, clamps, bar mounts, axle blocks, whatever it is, they even got calipers, brakes, they do it all over there at ride-engineering.com. So go check them out. Use the code. Save yourself some money. If you have any questions, you guys know the email. Visit them. Ride-engineering.com. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to protaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars. You don't want a crossbar. Pro Taper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The race cut grips. Come on. I am an SX Race Evo and Fusion guy. So go check them out. ProTaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to KeeferInkTesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Keyfring testing. It's a great place to do it. You know what else is? Pro Taper. ProTaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or... Maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years. Dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720 212 4685 Plum Creek Funding Zach Morris hit him up You guys looking to buy a new bike 2021s are out Go to Power Motorsports That's right they're in Oregon powermotorsports.com If you guys want a deal on a Yamaha ooh or a Kawasaki ah or maybe just maybe you want a KTM They got them all there They have Kiefer Inc testing special discounts Email me, chris at keferinktesting.com, and I will get you in touch with David Sibley. That's right, David Sibley at Power Motorsports. He knows the drill. He knows keyfering testing gives the best deals possible, and so do Power Motorsports. Hit him up, powermotorsports.com. We're back. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting these advertisers. It means a lot to me. Here we go. The thing I want to talk to you guys, and I always ask JT this, and JT never answered this question. And I and he he's so pro fly anyway, like he would never tell me the truth. But you guys gotta wear other competitors' gear at some time to see what it fits and feels like, right? I mean, it's the same as a bike test. You know that the test riders are are trying different brands, right? Right. You know, um, we we ha- we have to. You know, I don't see why why JT wouldn't want to say so. I mean, he knows that you have to see what other brands have for sure. You pick up on different things, right? They use different fabrics and, and things like that. And not that we have to ride and everything, but you definitely take a look at it when you're at the local store or, you know, at a, at a show, you know, you walk by, check it out, things like that for sure. Yeah. Maybe JT did say he did, but he didn't uh, elaborate on which companies were good. That's what is probably what it was. <laughs> So like yeah, we'll uh, we'll leave that one off the table, but yeah, but I'm saying if there is some kind of material that you and and the, and the company think is better, and you see other companies trending to that material, obviously you guys are going to adopt and you know do something different, correct? 
Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely look at the material, see what it's like, um, see if there's something, uh, you know, available from from our side of things, close to it if we like it, you know, or is there something even better? Hey, this is good. People are going to it. It's working. If it's a certain kind of mesh or a certain kind of stretch material or, or whatnot, I mean, definitely. I mean, if you lined up, took four brands of motocross pants and put them on the table, you're going to see a bunch of crossover of different materials that we're all kind of using. Right. You know, um, like 600D fabric or 900D fabric was used for years, and, and most most every brand had that material, and they still do to this day. You know, so... The manufacturer that are, makes the gear is... they Obviously, that place makes a lot of different company stuff, right? Yeah, there's factories out there that do uh, different brands for sure. Our factory doesn't do any other competitor brands that... And is that important to a company like F? Like, is that important? I feel like maybe that would be kind of important to say, hey, we're the proprietary gear company for this uh, factory. Is that help? Uh, definitely. Um, the factories that we have, um, you know, they're, they do other stuff, obviously. They don't do just ours, but mostly, you know, mostly we control that factory. We have a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff that goes to that factory. So they were basically... I want to say own them, but we basically put a lot of stuff through there. So they they cater to us for sure. Right. That's what I would think. Like you have two or three um, gear, you know, manufacturers going to this factory to get their stuff made. I think they're probably, you know, fighting for time from that factory, right? For sure. For sure they are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah especially now in this day and age, uh, factory space is at a premium, you know. People always ask me, how far out are you guys when you guys make a gear? Like we're in 21 where are we at in the grand scheme of FXR gear year? Where are you guys at right now? Uh, we're about two years two years ahead right now. It's kind of similar for me, I guess, if people listen to this. In the world of testing, we're already on. See, in July, I will be testing uh, 24 um, prototype mm-hmm. stuff, you know? So yep. I'm I'm yep. really far out. So it, it's it's sometimes when you do some media work, you, you get your dates all screwed up because you live so far in the future in this other world uh, that you end up screwing it all up. So, yeah, you guys are usually about two years ahead then. Yeah, and that's kind of the same thing for us. Like we even get screwed up ourselves some days because you're talking about this or that, and you're like, oh, that's 23. No, that's 24 and, you know, things like that, just, just internally, right, if it's ordering or us. Uh, back design that we have to do or, or anything like that. So definitely time the stuff comes out, um, sometimes we're already sick of seeing it, you know, internally, right? It's like, oh, yeah, that's not even new to us anymore. <laughs> but it's, it's new to the customer, right? right. They, they've never seen it before. So I'm sure every brand like that himself, I'm, you know, that's kind of the way it is in this business for sure. Yeah, I know, because I get excited about some shit, and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm like, dude, you're not stoked on that? I'm like, yeah, he's like, I've seen it. He's like, I'm good. And I get them all, get me all jacked up. Well, I would never. I've seen in it, you know. I've seen a lot. So we wore it, we tested it. Those kind of things are kind of we're kind of over it. So, right. Um, we have our own test track. You've actually never been here, uh, so no. you wouldn't know. But a lot of the other guys have been, and we have a pretty pretty nice test track here that we can go to and take photos and stuff like that, just to see what the gear looks like. Um, you know, it, it's different when you see it from a two D design to a three D, which is a lot better. And then let's say we. We sample it in our basement. We put it on a mannequin. It looks like one thing, but then when you actually have it on a mannequin and ride it on a bike, that's two different things again. Right. You know, but it really helps us to take uh, one of our photographers out and we, you know, do some photos as, you know, not as good as Chris's photos, but, you know, something that was good enough that we can look at and go, you know, that doesn't look good or, or whatnot. Does he have numbers that, on his that bike? Really helps us. We have numbers on the bike. <laughs> you know, my bike looks pretty good, Chris. Come on. This is a this is an ongoing uh, battle with Carson and I. People is he hates my numbers, he hates them, and he doesn't like the die cut numbers. He is up my ass with full preprint. So when you guys see me in an FXR ad or doing something, it is because of Carson that I have full preprints on because this is what Canadians want. Is <laughs> what I'm assuming, right? Well, I don't know if it's a Canadian thing or not, but I mean, maybe it is. I guess we're not uh, we're not really into the die cuts anymore. That's for sure. That was early two thousands, Chris. What if it's gonna? What if it starts popping off there next year? Like you're a little bit behind. Die cuts are just lime nine die cuts because lime nine is Canadian, right? Ah, uh, yes, they are. Yeah. So yeah. they just start ripping die cuts off, and they send Carson 
uh, some die cuts. Are you running them? Probably not. Probably <laughs> That's not. so fucked up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, how much do you get out and get to go ride cars? I know uh, it's some of these people ask me, it's bitching to be in the industry. You know, I want to be in the industry. And I kind of tell them, like, yeah, it is. It's awesome. Don't get me wrong. It's a passion, like, it's a passion job. It's not a job that you're just like, dude, I'm killing it with money. This is where we need to go. Uh, but obviously, you started out riding dirt bikes. You got a jog because you love dirt bikes. Where are we at with riding? I know you have a family now, too, as well, so that takes up some of your time. But as far as uh, getting out to ride, actually, you know, you told me about riding with the product on. But how often do you get to do that? Um, the thing is, up in Canada where we are, we're super weather dependent. Um, in our summer, we have wicked summers up here. They're just as, just as good as a California summer, maybe not as hot in the hundreds. But, uh, you know, we definitely can be in the 90s here for a few weeks at a time. But it's very short, short-lived. So our summers of good riding time is like we have a three-month window of real, real nice weather. Um, you know, our fall time can, can last longer or whatnot. Um, but that three-month window for us is, is tough. And that's like our summer. We have to ride. We have to get out as much as we can. So, yeah, like you said, me having a family and stuff, it's tough. Um, if I can ride right now, um, not on work hours, not a nine to five, but after hours, we're probably like once a week really right now riding. So do you guys get to go ride on, on the clock? You guys ever get to try we shit do. when you're on the clock? Yeah, we do. Definitely. Um, we'll like to say, we'll get to our tracks and we have a guy that does maintenance. So he'll till it, water it, get it all ready for us. And we'll go out and pound some motos during the day. Um, when, when it's time to test certain things that we need to test. So we definitely do get out, um, but again, it, it's there's only that small window for us, and and that's what we struggled with over the years as well. That there wasn't a lot of development time when we didn't know Chris Kiefer or we didn't know certain guys that could put time in for us as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it was just on milt riding, and then you know, like I say, it, it's a, a small window, so we only have a few months to uh, to do stuff. So take out the sample room a few years ago, we didn't have things like that. So when we would only be waiting for a sample to come in, we'd have to wait two, two, three months for a sample to come in. Well, that's almost a riding window in the summertime, right? Right. So those kind of things that people don't don't get, but that's being a, a Canadian winter company in the snow belt up here, it is a little bit different. I mean, don't get me wrong, we get longer than three months to ride, but it's actually nice weather. Right. Uh, two nights ago, we still had frost here, so it, it froze. I had to bring all the all the ice plants inside because they're going to freeze. So. And you guys are on lockdown still? Yeah, we're on pure lockdown here still. Yep. Yeah, one person can go into a store, mass only. It's uh, it's really locked down here. It's a lot different than what you guys have for sure. Yeah, we're opening up, dude. Like, uh, California, maybe not California because we're not like that. But like a lot of guys, we're having full capacity in stadiums now for NBA playoffs. Like, uh, full states are full opening up, no masks. You know, so I guess the vaccine, um. Is, is helping in that aspect to open things up, you know? Yeah, I think we're down to only a 10% allowed in the stores right now. There's no restaurants open, uh, only takeout. So it's uh, like there's no movie theaters, no no bars, no lounges. There's nothing. Like, we can't do anything. So as mm-hmm. of right now, you can't play sports. You can't play hockey. All our local motocross tracks have all been closed. Like, wow. you can't even go ride unless you have a private track somewhere. So Anything on yeah. the horizon that says you guys are going to open up? It's the one of the lockdowns, like the the one is supposed to lift on Saturday, so it will get a little bit better. But we're still still pretty locked down from that. So wow, it's going to take a couple months yet, I think, before you know we're open. And I mean, the board's been closed now for well over a year, and, and that makes it tough on us too. So and then and then obviously hurts you know testing shit too. You guys can't do that either. Yeah, exactly. No, it's tough. So it's. It's a lot different world up here, that's for sure, and, and that goes on the same aspect of people calling and saying, well, where's my gear, where's this, where's that? Like, you know, they're down in South Carolina, and it's it's open like normal. Well, it's a different world up here. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I, we, it's out of our control. So, talk, I want to talk a little bit about how you guys got in the U.S. market and what's going on now. So here's, here's what I see. Uh, you guys have saturated uh, FXR has obviously saturated a lot of uh, privateer riders. I see the gear a lot more than I do even four years ago, three, four years ago. Uh, 
even at the local track. I would I would see the professional privateer have FXR, but I didn't see a lot of the local guy, you know, where where we live in California with FXR on. Fast forward, you know, a couple years, um, you know, from maybe 2018, you know, maybe 2019, 2020, I see a lot more people at the local track wearing FXR. Is that something you guys wanted to to shoot for? Is like, hey, let's get all this stuff on the privateers, these guys on the Supercross, let the people see it, and then hopefully that translates in, translates into local riders around the United States. That was one of our plans, yes. Um, it's just to start at the grassroots, you know. Start out small. Don't go in there, you know, guns a-blazing and try to pick up a big team, big riders, things like that. That wasn't our plan, you know. That was just never our plan right from the beginning, even of starting this whole moto program. It's just start off slow, start at the grassroots, you know, build it with some rider support, get it on some privateers, and just slowly build it that way, you know. And, you know, Andy White's done a really good job of that. And look how much TV time we get in the LCQs and things like that because we have quite a few guys, right. you know, the privateers riding in there. And that gives us a lot of TV time. A lot of people get to see our gear. If we're riding in a – if we had, a, let's say, a 10th place, 12th place, 450 guy, even 5th place, you might not even ever see him on TV. You yeah, know? good so. point. It's it come a long ways when we would go down to, uh, you know, to see you in California and go to the tracks, you might see one guy that would wear it and we'd, you know, talk to him or, you know, see who he was. And of course he's from the Northern Minnesota or right. up there. And, you know, it wasn't just some, some local kid down there wearing FXR and we'd go to, you know, A1 and or A2 or any of those, you know, first few races in the first years there, no one knew who we were. We'd walk around, no one would, would even acknowledge us. And then, fast forward a couple of years and we're stopping every couple of minutes talking to somebody, you know, right. So it's, uh, it's come a long way in, in myself. I've, I've seen it firsthand, you know, working with Andy, you know, doing all that, coming to see you doing that. And it's, it's really cool to see that we've built the brand to come that far, you know? Yeah, man, it's, it's grown huge, especially, you know, like we said, back when it was, uh, 2012, 2013 was baggy and you didn't see any of it. Now you just see it everywhere. A lot of guys. So it's, it's really cool. But, is there at some point you guys want to go after a three to five guy? I mean, maybe down the road. Who knows? Who really knows how uh, how it all plays out for the next couple of years? Is it just because they're too too damn expensive? <laughs> I mean, obviously that's uh, it's got to work within our budget, right? Um, and we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, we definitely want to work more towards the, you know more teams and things like that down the road and. As you see, you know, we have, uh, you know, Michael Lindsay's, you know, the, the Chaparral FXR team now. We have, you know, uh, working with Club MX. So we're, we're slowly getting there, right? Yeah, you guys had a podium this year with March Banks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so cool. It's, it's, it's coming along. It's just, uh, you know, we're taking it slow. We're not uh, rushing out there trying to, you know, trying to get some big, big riders, that's for sure. Dude, I heard, like, <sighs> crazy numbers from, like, these guys like Tomac, Roxon, they're making millions off their gear contract. Millions. Yep. It's insane. Like how how is a gear company ever going to recoup that? They're not you're telling me and, and okay, let's let's use Kenny as an example. Kenny's probably one point one million a year or something like that. That's what I've heard. If that's the case, how can you justify as a company and I maybe it's brand awareness, I get it. But do you think he sells the, as much gear as he's worth? That's a that's a hard question to answer, <laughs> dude. Because that's can it I, seems can like I it, waffle on that one. It, it, to me, it seems like it, it. There's no way it could happen. Like, no matter how good a rider is, a championship. Let's let's put that in the equation. Let's say he won a championship. What's his bonus if he wins? I don't understand. Quite high. Yeah, like. Dude, there's no way Fox is, like, selling a shit ton of gear because Kenny is wearing it. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I feel like you get a guy with uh, more interaction with the people. You get a guy that's maybe not winning. Uh, you sell more gear that way, I would assume. That's my take, and, and I could be totally wrong. I don't own a gear company because, obviously, Fox seems to be pretty good at it. But, man, I, I just – it's hard for me to understand. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're looking at it probably as a whole budget, right? As a, as a company as a whole, um, you know. I mean, Fox Mountain Bike does really well, and they have you know other other avenues of income 
that they can use as well. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's not just just on the moto side. Right. But I'm just but looking yeah. at, like, gear sales, right? Just gear, MX yeah. gear sales, right? Like, on that side of things. Like, how could they... And that's just Kenny. They they have more riders. They have Adam, you know. So they're just dumping money into the into these riders, which well deserved. Good for them. Like, but I'm just like, do they really do that much? Like, and I, I think about you know, like, is Kenny really selling Fox Gear? Is Kenny on Instagram? Is Kenny on social media? Is Kenny at the races going pushing Fox Gear besides just wearing it? No, all they do is wear it. Yeah, that's true. It's like, true. there's no other really, I mean, they might have a couple things to do during the year for responsibilities to Fox, but really, you're just there to wear the gear and hopefully win, and that's your $1.1 It's insane to me. Yeah, I mean, you're thinking of just on a Saturday race, but, I mean, they do a lot with him, obviously, and all their ads, and, you know, there's a, there's a whole year sales plan that they put together on, on the marketing side of things with him, right? Dude, but they're they they're prima donna dudes. Like, Fox is going to go to their track and shoot the twenty two gear or whatever. They're just going to be doing maybe an hour two hour session with different gear, or they'll say, "Hey man, put this gear on while you do your motos." To me, it's not that big a fucking deal, and you're and you're just cranking out the money. It's insane to me. I, I mean, it's hard for me to fathom, man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It really is when I started getting into it as well and, and, you know, learning this and talking to the guys or riders are coming to us, you know, with uh, with what they're asking for. Yeah, it's like, whoa, you almost got to sit down when you read the contracts, right, of, of what these people want. So it, it's interesting for sure. And, you know, again, props to Andy. He's done a really good job of working with the guys and, and picking up the right riders, you know, that, that have a great following on, on Instagram or know how to use Instagram. There's riders out there in the last couple of years that it's gotten better in the last probably two to three, but there's been riders out there that have like 50 followers on their Instagram. Right. You know? And it's not saying that Instagram is it only, but that, that can work really, really good for you if you know how to, you know, promote yourself. You know, and well, chances are, if you if you don't have a following on Instagram, you're not a very social person to begin with, right? Yeah, I mean, and there is riders out there, obviously, like that. But you might find somebody that you can, you know, give them a little bit of, you know, of contingency or start money or this and that, and they have a good following and they do, you know, things for you in other ways. Maybe they're not they're not a Kenny and they're not finishing in the top and you know on the top of the box every weekend, but they're still doing a lot for your company at a totally different level, right? Yeah, no, I, I can see that. Yeah, it's just, ah, it's like, man, a million dollars to wear gear. Just, it's crazy. Um, all right, so where do you see FXR going in the future? Are we doing any, we have some new things on the horizon? I just, you know, as a listener, I know they're like, where do you see FXR? I mean, and this is you, this is your opinion, maybe not the brand's opinion, but five to ten years, where do you see FXR? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think we're just going to keep growing and just kind of going what we're doing and see what happens. I don't think that we're really going to really push the envelope in the next, let's say, two to three years. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, let's see what COVID does and how all that plays out and just kind of keep going. And maybe maybe you'll see us on a couple more teams or uh, more of a factory factory rider you know or one of those guys. Uh, Maybe not a full factory 450 team, but maybe – Maybe one or two guys will will be on 450s that are actually, you know, in the top top five or top ten in a couple of years. Um, just letting the brand grow. Uh, you know, we want to keep coming out with a few more segments of, of categories. We want to do more in off-road. You know, our European side is really big in off-road, so we, we really do need to work on that. Uh, we're working on coming out with a little, like, more child gear. We only have youth gear right now. We want to get down into the small child, like the three to four year old size. Oh, that'd be cool. You know, just things like that. Just, just keep growing us that way. Um, you know, and the equipment side, we've got, we're going to have better goggles coming out soon, you know, different helmets and, and those kind of things. So it's basically just growing the brand that way and not just like, nope, we're going to go out there and get one of the biggest riders and you're going to see us on, you know, plaster all over the semis and we're going to be, uh, you know, a sponsor of the Supercross or, or whatnot. That's that's not us. We're just we're just rolling, going going nice and steady, and, and see what happens. So, um, before we get off, favorite rider, worst rider to work with? Yes, you have to answer worst rider. Oh, worst. 
Don't be waffling. Oh boy! I mean, and when I say worse, it doesn't mean he's a, he's an asshole. I'm just saying he may be a little bit of a nightmare to get gear, or was he a prima donna with fit, or, or whatever that that kind of thing. But easiest, maybe well, I should say best or easiest rider to work with. Um, I would say probably Alex Ray comes to mind of one of the harder guys to work with. <laughs> Shocking! Yeah. Why? Because he just rips shit up all the time, or what? Yeah, complaining all the time. Always wants, uh, always wanted more gear all the time. That kind of thing. Blowing his uh, pants out when he was a little bit thicker at the time. There, he was blowing stuff out all the time. He's got always a big ass. A size tighter. Well, he wanted a size tighter all the time, and I was telling him, "Oh, like Alex, you got to go bigger, man." He's like, "No, no, no, no. I want smaller." Well, what happens? You can't get your ass in it. So he's got a he got a booty. That's for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. But I mean, he was a good guy. But it's just. Uh, he was a tough one to work with, that's for sure. There's always a tech. I should ask the O'Neill guys about him too. See how he is. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite guys to work with has been uh, Phil the last couple of years. Phil's what? Been really good to work with. Yeah. Phil, angry Phil's one of the best. Yeah, I would say so. He's uh, he's one of my my favorite guys to work with. So he's he's easy, he's to the point. Um, but he's got a soft side to him. Once you get to know him, I think uh, you break that shell down a little bit. He's a he's a good guy. <laughs> Uh, the gear does his gear looks really good. His Rockstar gear that you guys did for him, yeah, it, it turned out really good. Uh, he's, uh, we're making him look look good, so let's see some results from him this weekend. Hopefully, I saw a picture of him today, and he looked like he trimmed down too. Did his size go down? Uh, his size didn't go down. No, no, huh. he's uh, he's almost in child size already, so I don't think he could slim down much more. What is he? A thirty-one, thirty-two? Uh, he's a thirty. He's a thirty. God, I just feel like I'm skinnier than him, and I'm a 32. Yeah, well, he's definitely uh, wearing pants that are smaller. I sent him your pants, like your size, and they're too big for him. I'll be damned. Hmm. Well, fuck me. I guess I'm fat. Good for <laughs> Phil. Awesome. All well, right. You might have to go up size once you uh, heal from your knee there. You might be up to well, – I might have to go up for you. Let me tell you, Cars, not to make this show about me, but let's talk about me for a second. Uh uh, it's, it's, I'm, I, we might have to do that. There've been some nights I've just been chomping on some chocolate chip cookies because there's deep depression going on in this house. Well, I wouldn't doubt it for me, Chris. <laughs> there's deep. Uh, it's new for you not to be riding, you know? It is super so. weird, Carson. Like I'm not built. And here's what I think about Carson. Like guys that have gotten hurt in this industry and, and then paralyzed or in wheelchairs, Fuck me, man. Like, those guys are so gnarly because they have good attitudes. I'm not saying everyone does, but, like, I think of Jesse Nelson. I think of Blake Savage. Like, positive attitudes. And I'm like, I might be the fucking worst dude ever if I ever get hurt. You know, it's like, I told Heather, there's no way you could live with me. It's insane. Like, I'm just moody. I'm bummed out. Like, I'm just got a bum knee. And I'm like, oh, I haven't ridden in two weeks. Oh, fuck me. Like, it's just bad, cars. It's no good. And that's a tough one. I mean, I've thought about it too. Obviously, when you get hurt or, or things like that, or you know, I've had a few few good friends of mine that have gotten paralyzed, and that's a tough one. I I would have a hard time with it too. I think God. You know, not doing not doing the things that you want to do. I think it would be really hard for me. You know. And you here's know? and here's the thing. I think us dirt bikers are all wired the same. Like, let's say I couldn't ride dirt bikes anymore, but I could still do other sports. Like bicycle or do something and i think that's why a lot of these guys when they're done retiring or if they can't ride they find something to be addicted to like we're addicts and it's not drugs it's just in a form of two wheels right so you have to replace that with something and i feel like someday i'm gonna have to replace it with something and i've got to find it sooner than later you know no, it's it's true. It's true, and and that's kind of the thing for me that uh, I'm not a pro rider. I didn't race in the you know the national pros. I I wasn't that, and, and this is what keeps me alive in my addiction. Yes, is, is working at FXR. You know, I come here every day, and, and you do things that you you love to do. I, I love to ride the dirt bike. I would love to be you and and ride six hours a day. You know, like when I hear you doing the you know testing for the brands, and you're on it for an eight hour day of actual straight riding. Like that that blows my mind. You know, right. But those kind of things, at least it's fun. You're 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 still in the industry and you're in the sport, but you're in it on a, on a totally different level now. You know, so yeah, it's so just it's, it's, it's 
it's amazing to me because I think about Aiden and I, I mean, he's grown up with dirt bikes and obviously he's getting addicted to that and he loves it and that's his deal. I love that because he has an outlet, right? So if he's ever stressed out at work or whatever happens down the road, he can go riding and that relieves stress and, and brings him back to zero. Um, but I also worry about the other side of it where you love it so much that you grasp it so tight and that is all, all that you do, right? Because that's all that I did growing up is just – I just freaking rode dirt bikes, right? So, yeah, it's just it's 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 a it's a crazy thing, you know. And and you don't really think about these things until you're hurt. You're like, God, how much of this is my world? And it's a lot, crazy. It it is crazy, and I look at it too. I'm the same way as you, 100. percent Just thought about dirt bikes all the time. That's all I want to do is ride my dirt bike, uh, you know, race the dirt bike, do all those kind of things. And and I see my son. I mean, he's still young, but. Like, I look back, he's got to stay sick, and he's got, you know, sublimated jerseys that he, you know, has hanging on the wall or whatever, and, you know, he's three or four years old, and you're like, oh, my God, if I would have that at three, like, have a stay sick when I was three years oh. old, like, God, would I be fast, you know? Yeah. But for him, it already, and it's, like, the same kind of thing on your side with Aiden, it, they kind of grow up with it, so they're just like, yeah, it's like, whatever, you know? Right. You yeah. know, the kid just sees all the stuff that he has at home. He's got jerseys, this, pants, or, you know, bikes and all this stuff. And they just kind of, yeah, well, okay, that's yeah, cool, whatever. But when you and I were like, we see it on the outside going, holy man, if that was us, like, it'd be, we'd be thrilled, you know? Yeah, never dude. get off of it. Yeah, so. it's crazy to think about, man. You don't think about this shit until you're hurt and you can't do it. You're like, ah, wow. It's a big part of my life, so... All right, cars. Their well, bikes take over, that's for sure. That is a cool thing. There's only a small number of us out there that, that have the passion like that, for sure. So. Yeah. Well, if you guys want to get some FXR gear, KKMX35 is the code to save over at FXRRacing.com. You put that in, that saves you 30%. That's a good bit, Carson, right? That's pretty good. 30%. I, I have other codes, but I don't give them out because those are for special people. Or if I met a super hot chick at the at the track, you know, and I try to get Has her that an F. For you before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did one day. She's like, she was wearing some raggedy gear, and she's like soul riding, you know, mix matching and shit. And uh, I gave her the I gave her the fifty code, and she's like, oh my god. So every time I see her now, she comes over and talks to me. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Well, we have to get Aiden a code, maybe. Soon. No, we're gonna keep yeah. that away from Aiden. We don't want any girls in the house. Mom would be pissed. <laughs> uh, keep them focused on on riding, I guess. Right. Oh, that's keep right. That's right. All right, cars. Thanks so much. Appreciate you doing this. We'll uh, I'll probably talk to you later on. Yeah, sounds good, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me on. All right, buddy. See ya. All right, talk to you later.